I'm Jody Monroe with Bill Craig. Welcome to Everybody's Neighbor, a housing people podcast. I believe one of the most powerful things we can do is to help people all around us. Your ability to help others starts right now. Bill, what's going on with the HUD director? Well, Ben Carson, he made news yesterday by making a lot of people mad, it seems like. Um, He uh, said that he would like to see people who are in low-income housing pay more than the 30% of their income toward their housing. He wants them to pay 35% now, and so that has rankled a lot of people. But uh, we we have a little different perspective on that than probably most. I know. Yeah, we're in the affordable housing crisis crunch, working here for a community land trust. Yeah, I read up on a little bit of that, too, about... um, his idea, which has to pass Congress anyway, so he's just putting an idea on the table because the president, right. good old Trump, is asking his heads, his top brass, so to speak, to tighten the belt and figure some old things out. Um, we have had experience with um, low-income rentals, yeah. and um, you know, it seems like I'm slowing down when I'm talking because. It's such a delicate subject, but we've got some success stories uh, with with folks that are receiving HUD funds to help them in their lives, and um, we've had some complicated situations. I remember one mom, oh my goodness, so she was on vouchers, this was when I was new at this position, on vouchers, and had two daughters. She was not working receiving the HUD vouchers that subsidize the rent. And we had to do an income check verification. And what we got was her daughter's income and not hers, which led to some conversations, which led to her, what I call evicting herself. Um, But that's what I learned more about vouchers, where once you're on them and you qualify, you can stay on them for a long, 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 long time there's no end to it. And like with this particular mother, and I'm not, it's not a judgment, although some people would say it's a judgment call on my part, but I thought, how is she ever gonna get motivated to go back to work with the voucher she has? And then there's 5,000 people in a waiting line. I might be exaggerating that by 1,000, but 4,000 households in a waiting line, then the only way they can get a voucher is if somebody, either our area gets more from HUD or uh, somebody um, goes to better financial stability and gives up their voucher. Right, right. And that's what uh, Carson was saying is that he he stated that we've created a, a culture of dependency instead of people taking care of themselves. And we've seen that in our little office, and we have had several of those stories that you just mentioned. And um, I, I know that's not the same everywhere. Right, right. Yeah. And there are uh, obviously many, many folks, ourselves included, at times where we do need that that help. 
and that's what the system is designed for. But was it really ever designed to be for someone to be on there in per perpetuity forever? And um, I don't think so. Oh, and we, we know of somebody who just needed a little push, and now he's better off than he ever was. Right. And um, but had there not been some circumstances that caused him to really wonder where the next assistance check was coming from. Right, yeah. He probably might still be in the same situation where he was, but he's certainly a lot happier now. So, um, but that's just it. Is, is somebody dependent on the system or are they independent? And I think most people would, if they had a choice, they would want to be independent. They would, but right? these are complicated issues, though. I think it's human nature to want to work. That was one piece that uh, the head director was saying where actually, I, you know, and I'm not an expert on this. I'm just, you know, quickly reading bits and pieces. But maybe in the future, a piece to receiving a voucher is you're going to work. If you're, I don't know what the age was, 18 to 60, you're going to at least work a minimum of 20 hours a week in order to receive that voucher rather than just getting the voucher and not having to be employed. And if I understood right, Trump um, gave states the ability to um, go ahead with their own voucher and make that determination themselves in order to get um, a housing voucher, in order to get, um, not Medicaid, but uh, F, um, I don't know the proper name, uh, the food voucher, I, um, um, you would have to go to work too. And there's like the state of Indiana, Kentucky, and another one have gone ahead. And right now, if you receive um, housing support, you're going to work as well, or right. you're just not going to get it. Right. Well, I think there's another aspect to this that uh, seems to be forgotten, because of course we're looking at the, the resident, mm -hmm. the person that's receiving the benefit and that is who pays the rest and I suppose if an organization a corporation or a nonprofit organization or any other business government entity whatever whoever's managing that property um, is receiving a bunch of assistance from somewhere um, somebody has to pay for the rest of that so a resident can pay 30 or 35 percent in this case but who pays the rest of those costs to keep that facility, that neighborhood, that apartment building, whatever, open? Somebody has to. Right. And, um, and we've even seen that in, in our organization. Yeah. It, it costs it money. Yeah, it doesn't pencil out. Yeah. Um, to give an example that one's in my head right now, um, a uh, you know, no names or anything like that, but just to let the uh, listener kind of have a taste. So if the market rate of the apartment is, um, I'm thinking of one right now, I'm going to say, I'm going to not over, overdo it here, over embellish the number. I'm going to say $1,000 for an apartment that is a studio in very good shape. Um, so bathroom, kitchen, living room, bedroom, all one unit, nice porch, nice back porch. So. In the open market, that would probably go for, I'm making it light to $1,000. And we rent that particular apartment townhome for $531. Yes. And that person's voucher, or that person of the 531, that person 
pays out of their pocket $143 a month, and the rest is subsidized. So the so so 143 it's subsidized all the way up to the market rate the $1,000, right. um, or some would say it's subsidized up to the 531, and then the 531 to $1,000 is what the owner, this organization is eating. Correct. Or um, cutting corners elsewhere to make it pencil all out. Right. And it's pretty, you know, I would imagine uh, empathizing with the individuals that are in that type of situation. They, you know, nobody plans to be in that situation, but they find themselves in that situation. I mean, in your rent, all you have to pay a month is 143 right? plus a little utility because this organization pays um, most of the utilities. And it's just an old system that was set up. And the person who's receiving that particular support from HUD is where it originates from. It's not their fault that this old clunky system that the HUD secretary or directors talking about, you know, has come forward. Right. They've just, they've just been getting it. Right. Right. Well, I think it's worth looking at because, uh, again, the money has to come from somewhere mm -hmm. and subsidies paying the person to, to live at the place. Well, another subsidies paying, uh, maybe, uh, a property owner to keep up the place. And so that money is coming from the same source. The American people, and so, um, and so we have to ask ourselves, how much are we willing to just keep on paying and paying and paying? And then is that the type of society that we're forced to live in? Is where we're just paying for everything, and that's pretty frustrating. Well, well, on this front, uh, some of the pieces I read today uh, were very eye-opening. I didn't realize how old. The system is that we are continuing to use. Again, nobody's fault. It's clunky. It should have been updated. Um, it um, doesn't allow for very many new people to come on the system. Right. Once you're on the system, and I'm just kind of making this all general, once you're on the system, the system is set up to keep you on the system. Correct. And the only way to get on the system is one of those households, I'm just talking about, housing now falls off the system but every year the system is in place it's costing more money to keep the very same people on the system and it's keeping all these other people out of the system it's just a vicious cycle yes i'm going to switch gears i really like the fact that we have come up with this podcast name and it's everybody's neighbor everybody's what, neighbor yeah, yeah what i like about that is we've just talked about a tough issue People that are tuning in to some broadcast, watching the 6 o'clock news or reading the Wall Street Journal or their local paper, people are in, uh, just in, uh, upset about this topic and that he brought up. Um, I would like to remind myself when I'm having somebody come in to rent or they're talking about their subsidy that I need to remember that it's everybody's neighbor. Yes. It's my neighbor. It yes. could be me. Well, and it has been. <laughs> I know it's been me <laughs> because life throws you a curveball sometimes, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and then absolutely. you're dependent upon your yeah. family or your friends or yeah. and and uh, or yeah. the government for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's a leg up, and it's to keep you going until you find something. And yeah, but unfortunately, and this is where I really struggle with 
embracing um, the notion that, well, we should change the system. Well, because for some people, that's all they have. And so do they have the ability to go get that extra job? Do they have the ability to get off any medications they have? But I am, but speaking to that, Secretary Carson did say that this does not apply to those who are disabled or to those who are elderly. Mm -hmm. But after six years, I guess, they're going to relook at this. So everything is all up in the air while locally we're trying to solve a problem. And it's, uh, we could all wring our hands and fret about it because that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell people to stay tuned. This was just a current event that came up, mm -hmm. but you can expect the next podcast that you listen to here on Everybody's Neighbor. We're going to bring some people in and start listening to the people that this affects. Absolutely. Because you and I can, you know, this stuff is in front of us. We get news feeds. We get, we are on so many email lists about affordable housing and the crisis or warrant meetings. Um, so we're hearing about it all the time and, you know, maybe it's easy for us to go, well, this is how it should be done. Um, I always think it's good to talk to the people that, I mean, we're all affected by the housing crisis, whether you have a mortgage or rent yes. or you live in your car, or you couch surf or you're with, with your parents or relatives or friends or on the street, it affects all of us. But, uh, we need to get those people in here. We need to hear from them to see Absolutely. what they have to say. I, I'd like to know what home means to them. Absolutely. I'm Jody Monroe with Bill Craig, and you have been listening to Everybody's Neighbor. Join me and Bill next week for another Housing People podcast.